0: Gun violence is a difficult topic, to put it mildly. I commend you for showing up this morning. In early May, Reverend Alice invited service leaders to sign up for a Sunday sum, summer Sunday sermon with this year's theme, Living Our Mission. She asked us to address what it means for this congregation to live the mission of kindling the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and the world. I was still pondering this question, uh, waiting for inspiration on May 24th, when 21 innocent lives, were taken at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. And what we now know was the result of bullying, hate, revenge, and sadly, incompetence. I started wondering, how do we live our mission of healing the world in the face of such despair? And I also thought to myself, come on, Tamar, find an easier topic. To explore, you know, something uplifting. <clears throat> Around this time, the invitation went out for members of UUCL to nominate nonprofits for this year's Share the Plate recipients. I was pleased to see a number of our longstanding partners in this program re-nominated. I was also glad to see a new name: Every Town for Gun Safety Virginia Chapter. Then came our annual meeting on June 5th, where members cast their vote in person or by proxy. When the ballots were tallied, or rather the tickets counted, every town for gun safety received by far and away the greatest number of votes. Clearly this issue, this cause, struck a chord with this congregation And so it seemed my fate was sealed and here we are. You, we obviously care a whole lot about putting an end to the evil of gun violence. We care about promoting gun safety and preventing the loss of more innocent lives. Especially the lives of children under fire. The title of today's sermon comes from John Woodrow Cox, author of this book by the same name. It's a difficult read, and to be honest, I'm still making my way through it, but it's an enlightening one. Cox tells detailed stories of children whose lives have been turned upside down and inside out as they lose friends and family to this ugly epidemic. He dives deep into their narratives. It's heartbreaking to read the headlines to watch the footage when another and another and another massacre takes place. And it's truly gut-wrenching to read about the fuller context of the lives taken, the impact on the lives left behind, and the pain, despair, and desperation of the assailants who commit these atrocities. Mr. Cox fully delves into those narratives, including all the nuanced details that the news stories don't cover. Parents afraid to let their children play outside, only feeling safe inside their homes. Siblings, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and others whose worlds are turned upside down in an instant, and whose resulting trauma becomes the central thrust of their lives. The guilt, shame, and anguish of parents whose children become murderers. And indeed, too many of those perpetrators are children or barely adults. Most of them are part of what Cox called a depraved universe thriving in the darkest corners of the internet. Remember Columbine? Can you believe that was more than 23 years ago? Much like the subsequent tragedies at Sandy Hook in Connecticut in 2012 and Parkland in Florida in 2018, Columbine has become a landmark moment in this epidemic for many reasons. For starters, in 1999, both TV, cable TV and internet were exploding in popularity, making this massacre a national and international event. But more for, forebodingly, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, who spared our justice system the task of holding them accountable by committing suicide on site, left behind prolific writings outlining their plans. And these diaries are estimated to have influenced at least 43 school shooters over the past two decades, according to Peter Langman, a psychologist, considered one of our country's leading experts on campus gunmen. Children under fire contains lots of other statistics, facts, figures, ways to measure and weigh the proportions of this epidemic. Summarizing his insights in a recent interview, Cox observed, the scope of this problem is so much larger than Americans realize. We look at the 45,000 people who died last year in shootings. It's a staggering number, but it doesn't come close to the number of people affected. That number is in the millions, Cox says. And young people are particularly vulnerable, even if they don't themselves lose a loved one. He cited a Chicago study of children who lived in neighborhoods where a gun gun homicide had occurred. It found that violence had a immediate impact on their school performance. Quote, they didn't have to know the person. They didn't have to see it or hear it. They just had to know that someone in their neighborhood was shot to death and it affected how well they did on their test scores. Cox argues that far more children should receive support when they're touched by gun violence. And the amount of support should not vary according to the children, the child's background. He points out that when there's a shooting at a majority white school in the suburbs, resources come flooding in but shootings in poor black and brown neighborhoods get overlooked. Quote, there's a belief that says it's just the way it is for those kids because they live in this zip code or because of the color of their skin. He goes on, it's a lie and it's racism. I don't know any other way to describe it. It's mind numbing, isn't it? And depressing. But let me give you some things to hang your hopes on. Cox argues that a few changes in the law could make a big difference. We could stem the flood of guns across the country by requiring a background check for every gun purchase. We can help keep them out of the hands of children by passing tough laws requiring parents to secure them at home. Small and inexpensive safes are now available that can be opened in seconds in an emergency. And so he says there is no excuse to have a gun in a bedside table. While the human cost of gun violence is overwhelming, Cox holds out hope that the end is in sight. He believes that Grassroots groups like Moms Demand Action and Everytown for Gun Safety are increasingly effective at shaping public opinion and pressuring Congress. Meanwhile, young people like the Parkland survivors who formed March for Our Lives are poised to shake things up. Cox concluded that interview with a thought that I happen to share, quote, This whole generation of kids who've grown up cowering in their hallways and thinking they might die in school, they're going to be voters and they're gonna be lawmakers and leaders. And I don't think they're gonna allow this culture to continue. There is hope, he says. And he believes young people in particular are the ones who are gonna change things. So that's heartening to know that someone who has become an expert on gun violence believes change is possible that the young people whose childhoods are so very different from most of ours will finally elect or become leaders willing to change laws. But meanwhile, what can we do? Sit and wait for more children to die? What can the members and friends of this beloved congregation do to kindle the flame of love and justice in the face of this evil? Well, in some ways, we're already doing something. Earlier this month, our president, Michelle Seville organized a UU the Vote event right here in this chapel, and she raised money for UUCL while she was at it, offering the opportunity through our service auction. As she shared in her pitch, writing personalized handwritten letters to voters is one of the most effective ways to increase voter turnout and strengthen our democracy. UU The Vote, our denomination's campaign to strengthen our democracy, of which this was a part, through greater participation and representation, reached 3.3 million people in advance of the 2021 election. The original goal was 2 million. So if you wanna be part of this, you don't have to wait for Michelle to organize another group event. I happen to know that well before Michelle's event, our membership chair, Anne Marie Morielli has been writing letters as part of UU the vote, and maybe there are many others doing so as well. And hey, if writing's not your thing, you can also make phone calls or text or Canvas door-to-door or work on voter registration or help with backend support. Just go to UUthevote.org to get started. Beyond mobilizing voters to strengthen democracy and dismantle the power of special interests like the NRA, the UUA has a whole section of its website devoted to taking action to prevent gun violence. Just go to UUA.org slash liberty slash guns. What else can we do? Is there anything we can do to be better prepared if, God forbid, a mass shooting occurs in a Loudoun County school? No community ever thinks it will happen here. Until it does. Well, we have this thing called the Minister's Discretionary Fund. As its name suggests, use of these resources is solely at the discretion of Reverend Dallas but I would like to think that if a school shooting happened here, she would wanna offer comfort, help and support to those affected. And if not, and let's continue to hope the need does not arise, rest assured those resources will definitely be used to advance our mission of kindling the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal ourselves, each other and our world. So what if we dug a little deeper today and helped really grow the minister's discretionary funds, so that she would have the option if the need arose and if she so, cho- so chose to offer tangible support to grieving families. Lucky for you, and you may have noticed, the collection is yet to come. So you can do something right here today. And then there's the leading cause in this year's share of the plate vote, every town for gun safety. Collections will be taken for the Virginia chapter of this national organization in November, whose monthly theme is change. Every town together with Moms Demand Action helped pass a historic slate of gun violence prevention laws in 2020. Virginia now requires background checks on all firearm sales, restricts access to firearms by people in crisis, and disarms domestic abusers. And in 2021, Virginia chapters of Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action, both of which are part of Everytown for Gun Safety, their networks, they successfully lobbied the Virginia Senate Judiciary Committee to defeat four bills meant to repeal these significant gun safety reforms that the legislature had passed the previous year. It's comforting, isn't it? To know that there are so many hardworking staff at volunteers at organizations like these keeping a vigilant eye on our legislate- legislators and making sure they do what we know is right, tighten regulations in order to keep guns out of the hands of people hell on destroying innocent lives. I know this is a heavy subject And I thank you again for showing up to consider it. We UUs have a long tradition of tackling the hard stuff. From workers' rights to civil rights, black empowerment, the women's movement, sexuality education, LGBTQ quality. The list goes on and on. And so too must our faith and courage. We must continue to believe in, to envision a better, safer world. And then, we must muster the courage, make the time, and give what we can to help make that happen. May it be so. And amen.